Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Despite dismal reports about the drawbacks of falling oil prices, some experts are saying that's not such a bad thing. We've seen the price of Brent crude plummet from a stable $110 a barrel as recently as mid-2014 to barely above $30 a barrel. Mr Greg McBride is a senior vice president and chief financial analyst at bankrate.com, which is a personal finance website, and joins us on the line. Thank you for doing so. Good morning from Seoul. No, good morning, Alex. Thanks for having me. And, I mean, the, the prime advantage of falling oil prices that most of us feel, one way or another, is falling oil or gas prices when we go to uh, fill up our petrol in our cars. Uh, c can you tell us whether you think that's enough of a benefit on its own or, or whether we, we sort of need to uh, find other positives in order to feel less guilty about enjoying falling oil prices? Well, the falling oil prices benefit uh, far more people and far more industries than it hurts. Uh, the reason that you're seeing uh, you know, markets in turmoil now about the decline in oil prices uh, is just the, it, the uncertainty. Markets hate uncertainty, and so nobody really knows where the bottom is. Nobody really knows, you know, at what point the demand is going to pick up or the supply is, is going to get in line with that demand. It's all that uncertainty that's really driving markets. When you get down to it, um, you, you know, it's, it's not just the consumer that pockets the savings, but, you know, a lot of industries that are, you know, dependent upon uh, – transporting their goods, uh, either directly or, or indirectly. Uh, airlines, that's another one that, that fuel is often their biggest or second biggest expense, uh, along with labor. So, uh, you know, in, in the long run, the lower oil prices uh, are going to benefit a lot more people than they're going to hurt. But uh, there are certainly countries and entire economies that are largely pegged to uh, oil and, and, and other energy products. And when those prices have just fallen off the table, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of uncertainty as to the economic ramifications there. So just something else that, um, that feeds that uncertainty that's contributed to the market volatility. But, but you said the majority of industries benefit. Why is it that there's so much doom and gloom associated with it can it only be put down to the uncertainty and you know if there are so many positives why are investors not wise to that uh, well you know i mean it's you know i think the, the, you know another part of that sort of uncertainty or another thing driving the volatility in markets is the outlook that within the energy sector there are a lot of companies that borrowed a lot of money when interest rates were low and oil prices were high. Now oil prices have come crashing down. A lot of the projects that they had borrowed money to invest in are no longer profitable. So there's a lot of um, you know head scratching about you know who's going to get paid back, who's not, who's going to go broke. Uh, you know, and if, if companies go broke, you know clearly the equity investors get completely wiped out. So uh, you know that 
kind of uncertainty, uh, you know, is, is pretty dire as it pertains to that particular sector. Mm. Um, you know, the other thing that's happened, at least here in the U.S., that we've seen is that in 2015, when gasoline prices were falling the way that they were, the consumer was very reluctant to spend in other areas um, because they largely viewed that decline in prices uh, with skepticism. They didn't feel like it was going to last because they've been so conditioned to gasoline prices and oil prices going up. Now that we're in year two of falling oil prices, uh, I think it's likely, uh, more likely, that the U.S. consumer is going to loosen up on the pocketbook a little bit and be more willing and able to spend the savings uh, that they're getting from those lower gasoline prices. Yeah. When we hear, as we did in our business segment just before you, about the negatives associated with uh, low inflation or deflationary pressures. You know, most of the concerns about that come from the government or policymakers. But again, frankly, if you speak to uh, the man or woman in the street about how they feel about paying less for products, you know, you won't hear too many complaints. There's this at least short-term discord between the macro and micro economy there, isn't there? Certainly is Alex. You uh, you know you really nailed it there because uh, you know most consumers would say you know really you know one of two things. You're you're right. Number one, they're not going to complain about lower inflation. But I think another thing you'll hear from a lot of consumers is like, hey, wait a minute. You know the the cost of gasoline might be down, but the cost of everything else in my house is going up, and and that's a pretty familiar refrain. So um, you know again, it's you're right. It's only on the part of policymakers, and even then, I think. You have to, you know, you have to look at core prices, which exclude volatile items like food and energy, and then you get a better read. And and you know, yes, infl- even core inflation is low, uh, at least here in the U.S. But it's it, again, it's far from that deflationary scenario that uh, people fear. But. How long does it take for it to catch up with us when there are those macroeconomic impacts, when uh, policymakers are forced into doing things that that are aimed at boosting inflation? And how long does it take for the markets to become so volatile as well that, that we start to feel the pinch? Is that inevitable? Well, I think we'd, we'd feel, we'll feel the pitch from volatile markets much sooner than we will, uh, you know, I think see the impact of, of uh, policymakers trying to get inflation up because they've been doing that really ever since the financial crisis. Uh, central mm. banks around the world have just been printing money as fast as they can in an effort to, to, you know, among other things, get inflation back up, and it hasn't happened yet. On the other hand, you know, uh, volatile markets have a reverse wealth effect on, on the psyche of consumers and businesses. And if that's sustained for any period of time, and when I say period of time, I'm talking, you know, weeks or, or months, uh, then those consumers and businesses could start pulling back. And that's where economic downturns come from. So, uh, you know, I think that's the, the, the scenario we've got to be more worried worried about in the short run is if market volatility, markets continue to decline, uh, that, you know, a, a recession or economic downturn could become a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, if, if consumers and businesses get sufficiently freaked out that they stop spending. So from a, a government policy perspective, uh, this this whole emphasis on boosting consumer demand, you said before that you were confident that uh, at some point people will get used to the idea that oil prices are lower and, and will start to spend more of their savings. Would you suggest a, a wait-and-see approach from a 
from a government level then, rather than trying to intervene too much with um, one measure after another aimed at boosting consumption? Yeah, I think the big problem why we're not seeing increased consumption, again, at least here in the U.S., and I know there are a number of other countries that, you know, parallel this. You know, in the U.S., your typical American consumer, their household budget is really tight. Their incomes haven't been going up. Uh, And if they have been going up, they haven't been going up as fast as their household expenses. So, you know, there's just not a whole lot of extra breathing room. And the decline in oil prices, uh, particularly in 2015, uh, that represented the pay increase that a lot of people hadn't gotten in years and Mm. so they just pocketed that savings they just they saved it that was their breathing room in the budget they were reluctant to go out and spend it now that it's sustained these decline in oil prices the lower gasoline prices you know i think consumers will uh you know loosen up on the pocketbook they'll be willing to spend that money a little bit but even then their ability to do so is really limited to how much they're saving on on gasoline prices. So it's it's you know it's a very marginal pickup. What's really going to drive a broader level of consumption and higher level of demand is seeing more money in the paycheck because nothing boosts people's confidence like seeing more money in the paycheck. Yeah, I, I think consumers are generally smarter. They're using smartphones for a start, but uh, through those smartphones, the, the consumption is not nearly. Um, like the, the traditional model of, of going down the local shops as it uh, is sometimes portrayed in, in economic models. And uh, I, I think we're all having to evolve, aren't we? Even with this oil situation, at some point in the future, oil prices are going to go back up again when, when supply becomes limited, I mean, however far down the line that is. Industries have to foresee these trends and evolve, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that's why, uh, you know, whether it's on the consumer side or the business side, uh, you know, I don't think you can let the memories of 110 or $140 a barrel oil fade from the memory. Um, you know, you'd mentioned about how consumers being a little bit smarter, uh, a little more judicious about their spending. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, memories of the financial crisis are still very fresh in that regard. Uh, and so, you know, I think that the, if the same holds for oil prices, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think that sort of adds to that prudence. The, the thing we're seeing here in the U.S., though, is, you know, while people may not necessarily be spending that savings, their sensitivity to high gasoline prices, uh, you know, that seems to have faded from memory a little bit. People are already gravitating back toward larger vehicles with uh, much lower levels of fuel economy. So, mm. um, and that's the type of thing that could really, uh, you know, bite you in, in an environment where gasoline prices and oil prices go back up, which, yeah. you know, on some level you have to think is inevitable. Well, you mentioned the word environment there in a different uh, context, but... In the broader one, it's obviously not great for the environment and efforts to battle climate change either, but that's a a discussion for another day. Mr McBride, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Alex. Mr Greg McBride from bankrate.com, and we welcome further thoughts on this and any of our topics this morning. Just email us, efmthismorning at gmail.com.